Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to the We Podcast, and I'm your host, Sarah Menares. I believe that we all need a space to speak our authentic truth, as well as a space to hear the truths of real and vulnerable people so that we can better understand that we are not alone. Hearing the experiences of others encourages us to step into the light in our own lives. It is through owning our stories and learning to speak our truth that we are able to grow and rise above the challenges we face and step into the full power of all we were created to be. You will hear many topics discussed in this space with people from all over the world. We hope that you feel welcomed into a community of growth and that this space will invite you to uncover the absolute greatness that is already inside of you. Oh, and don't forget, check out all the We Podcast episodes as well as the We Spot blog over at thewespot.com. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey girl, it's me. You're listening to episode number 62, Embrace Your Feminine Energy. In this episode, I get to talk with Dorit Palvinov. Dorit is a nutritionist, female desire expert, creator of the Feminine Energy Current Course, and the host of the weekly Confident, Energized, and Sexy Mama podcast, formerly known as Health Begins with Mom where she takes moms from feeling sucked dry to confident, energized, and sexy as a woman. She works with moms who struggle with lack of energy, hormonal imbalances, low libido, thyroid issues, and weight gain, and helps them to own their lives, trust their body, and reclaim their feminine sexual power. She lives in Toronto, Canada with her husband and three daughters and two guinea pigs. Ladies, this was a fun conversation. Dorit is a force to be reckoned with and is not afraid to talk about the things that many women are afraid to say out loud. I absolutely love our conversation and the work she's doing to help women thrive in their sexual power. Are you ready for this? Here we go. Here's my interview with Dorit. All right. Welcome to this episode of the We Podcast. Today, I get to chat with the amazing Dorit Palvinov. Woohoo! I'm so happy to have you here today. Dorit is a podcaster. She has a podcast also called Health Begins with Mom and does lots of amazing stuff that I actually really can't wait to dive into. And I'm super excited to talk about feminine sexual power, which we will get to, (laughs) which is something that Dorit is an expert in. Thank you so much, Dorit, for being here with me today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yes. I am super excited because I feel like you, we are totally on the same page. Like you talk about things that most women don't talk about, but struggle with or, you know, in their lives on a daily basis. And so I think that is just absolutely awesome. I think that's how we truly make change in the world. 
but I would love to start out with hearing about you and your history, kind of what's brought you to where you are today and what you're doing with women at this time. Yeah, thank you so much. I would love to share. So my story began 10 years ago when I became a mom. (laughs) I have three kids. I have three daughters. And I myself am a daughter to a mother of three daughters as well. Oh, wow. So my lineage is full of women. And at the time, obviously, when I just became a mom, I didn't know that it will all come together one day. But when I became a mom, I remember almost like this split that happened, even in the birth room of like my previous life, you know, the life that I had before becoming a mom and then everything that happened post. I thought I was ready to be a mom. And I think I did a good job in the first year. And then I had my second. That's when I basically like I fell apart, not so much physically as well. And I will explain why, but mostly emotionally and mentally. I started having these like moments of very intense rage towards my second child. Moments of like just throwing her on the bed and just like basically really intense feelings of regretting motherhood, regretting this decision and kind of resenting my husband for doing it to me. I remember since I think I was like nine, I craved to be a mother. I craved to have a child. And I don't know if it's like really my calling or is it that we're conditioned like that? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Point Mm. is that I had my beautiful kids and I am the one who wanted each one of them. I was the one who said my husband, no, I'm ready. Let's do this. Like, you know, let's have them. (laughs) Let's call them in. And thank goodness we didn't have any fertility problems. And then, you know, they started coming into our lives and I felt completely, I was a mess. Like physically, I just, I call it the rupture that happened. It happened when I first became a mom. So mental, emotional, physical, even spiritual. It's like I've lost myself. And so many moms that I work with share the same experience of, I feel like I lost myself in motherhood. I'm a very curious person and I love reading. Specifically, I love reading about healing and psychology and that kind of stuff. And that led me to learn about feminine power, sexuality. I was very drawn to the world of holistic nutrition. So I became a holistic nutritionist. And this kind of like, you know, mixed and morphed into what I call myself today, which is a feminine energy expert. And that basically is kind of like maybe a complicated way to explain what it is that I do with women today, which is all around energy. It's about first and foremost, you probably know this, once we become mothers, this is the first thing we kind of lose. It's this like sense of not only energy to do things around the house, but also like just this sense of vitality or excitement for life, right? Because Mm -hmm. responsibility and logistics and obligation, they literally suck life out of us. 
<laughs> I can share this story. Two and a half weeks ago, my kids left to an overnight camp. It's the first time we sent our older two girls to an overnight camp. And I remember the moment they left, <laughs> and maybe you guys will relate to it. I told my husband, like, honey, I feel like I'm 20 pounds lighter. And he's like, yeah, it's interesting. I feel that too. And then I had to sit with it a little bit. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, don't you love your kids? Like, mm. you know, mm-hmm. I had to really process it with myself. And I realized it's not them that I, you know, don't want to have. It's that everything that comes with them, right? It's the cleaning and making sure that there, you know, there are three meals in a day and, and the laundry and the cooking and the monitoring their screen time, especially in the summertime, right? Because they're home around a lot. And it's just like this constant package that is super hard for us mm-hmm. mothers. Mm-hmm. And my niche, and you shared with me that you really appreciate the fact that I'm so narrowed with my niche. My niche is really about, okay, fine. So you're a mom and you're doing all those things, but eventually you're still a a woman and you still deserve to feel good, to feel energized, to have joy and especially have pleasure. So you get to the evening and your partner probably wants to connect, you know, to get into like, you know, this intimacy or, you know, have sex, but you have zero interest. You have zero desire. You're not even thinking about that because all of those things, you know, if you're thinking about yourself as a cup, as a vessel, it's like it has a million holes Mm -hmm. and this energy, this juice is just being like dripped out slowly during the day. I work with women who mostly struggle with low libido, low desire, low interest for specifically for intimacy and just low energy. And I work with them in stages. So stage number one is teaching them how to cultivate and sustain their energy in the body. So I work a lot around food, health coaching, that kind of stuff. And then the next step is really working around desire, feminine power, divine feminine, and really giving women permission to even say the things that they desire. Because I find like, and I think you will resonate with it, Sarah, women so many times will go about their lives feeling like shit. Very rarely do we say, no, you know, I deserve to feel good. And I've seen it in my mom. I've seen it in, you know, the women around me. That's why I've I've mentioned in in the beginning that I came from a family of mostly women. And I've seen it again and again and again of how women just kind of suck it up. Mm -hmm. And they just settle for less than what they deserve. And it just breaks my heart. I Mm -hmm. definitely don't want to live like that. I know that pleasure, desire, physical pleasure, you know, orgasming, having a great sex. And this is our birthright. And so it's okay to step up, to rise and say, you know what, I'm willing to pause on the, you know, not so great of a life that I have and teach myself and learn how can I make it better. Hmm. So So good. Ooh, I love it. (laughs) I know after we got connected, I was looking at your social media and I had just finished reading City of Girls and I think you had just posted something as well. But it reminds me as you're talking about this and how thank 
goodness, this is a movement that's beginning to happen with women because for so long, women just, it was almost like you're not allowed to be a sexual human being as a woman. Like you're not allowed to have desires. You're not allowed to want to have sex, you know. And if you do, it's always for the men. And I remember myself being in that space of, yeah, I need to have sex. It's like my, it's part of my marital duty. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, screw that. I want to have sex. It has nothing to do with my partner. You know, if he benefits from it, great. But is it even possible for me to say that I want it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. City of Girls is, for those who don't know, it's Elizabeth Gilbert's newest book. And yes, she deals with this topic of female desire and how you can still be a good person, even if you're a bad girl. But, you know, bad girl is really yeah. subjective, right? Right. So. I love that phrase, though, because we do. I think in history, we've labeled ourselves bad if we have sex outside of marriage or don't want to get married like in the book and just have intimate relationships with whoever we want, right? Like there's all of these negative connotations that any lifestyle that's not the traditional, you get married, then have sex, then have children that doesn't follow that traditional timeline. Yeah. And then you stay home, you cook and clean. Oh, but now you also have to work. Mm. So you will cook and clean. You will do the laundry. You will make sure the kids are all put together. You know, make sure your husband is satisfied. The kids get education, like all this stuff traditionally falls on women. And we take it. We take Mm. it because we're strong like that. And I'm not saying don't take it. (laughs) It's just that what I'm saying is, girl, like it's time for us to say, like you said, right? The boundaries. It's like, no, like I am a human being too. I'm like 50-50 in this relationship and I'm happy to contribute. I'm happy to, you know, to be responsible and to show up for what I've created. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I want to have multiple orgasms and I deserve this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that self-care piece that we're just, I think, as a culture starting to wake up to. To me, I mean, demand might seem like a really strong word, but I do think it's demand. We have the right to demand that we are treated with respect, that we aren't treated badly, that we're not taken advantage of. Like we have the right to set those boundaries and say, this is what I deserve and this is what I don't deserve. And sex is a huge part of that. And I think it relates to so many other things in in the home as well. Absolutely. And here's what I'm going to add to this piece. I have to say, I'm not a feminist and this is why. Because yeah, I am very aware that in many cases, women are kind of controlled by men. I know that this is a big problem, but let me tell you this. I come from a place where my husband is a really good guy, but in my consciousness, I felt like I'm obligated, like I'm in this Mm -hmm. duty. And that was totally my story. That was like my fantasy. In reality, he wanted it as much as I did. 
he didn't want to control. He still doesn't. He mm -hmm. just wanted me to own me. And I feel like in so many cases, we have like a distorted reality that we kind of do to ourselves. Mm -hmm. We take on too much that because we've been grown under this conditioning, right? We've been growing under this conditioning. It's the expectations. You know, we expect that this is how it has to be. And this is a part of our job description, right? This is mm -hmm. a part of our roles. And so we take it. And then there is the partner, right? Our spouse who is like, I want to do things too. I want to, I want to help, but we don't let them, mm -hmm. you know, and it starts with, you know, when we have babies, for example, no, don't do it like that. Like you don't hold a baby like that. You don't feed the baby like that. You don't dress the baby like that. And over time, what we're doing is we're teaching them to become codependent as opposed to being interdependent. Right. And that distorts everything because at the end of the day what happens is we and I don't know if you're familiar with Esther Perel are you familiar with Esther Perel she teaches erotic power and that kind mm. of stuff yeah mm. definitely check her out that's where I've learned this concept from she said if you are in the role of a mother your whole day the moment you get to the bedroom and it doesn't have to be the bedroom it can be anywhere but if you don't switch from being a mother to a lover, sex will never happen and it will never feel good to you. And also, you know, here's the thing, your partner, even if he doesn't communicate it, maybe he doesn't have the language to say it, but they feel it. They feel like shit, right? Because there is no reciprocity energetically. And it's also not appealing. Like it's not sexy to be in the role of a mother. And I just recently posted something on social media. And I asked ladies this question, like, are you in a relationship where you are mostly a mother or are you a partner in growth? Like, what do you feel? Mm -hmm. And Sarah, 90% of women said that they have to mother. Like who decided that have to mother, mm -hmm. right? It's the conditioning. It's the personal choice. Even if we don't understand that it's a choice, it is. Yeah. So I think it's time for us to stop doing this and give our partners their share. They're a part of the relationship, whether mm -hmm. it's with the kids, with the household, those things, right? So the boundaries, but also give ourselves the space to actually sit with what it is that we want and what it is that we need and what it is that fills up our soul. Mm -hmm. So good. I totally agree with you. I think we create this for ourselves. And I do think that we're like living in an age right now or a culture where we have so many passive men who I think we've created. <laughs> In a sense, you know what I mean? Because, well, I don't know. I feel like this is a whole nother rabbit hole we could go down. I totally agree with you. I think we have to take responsibility for what we allow and what we don't. So many women, they just don't say anything. Like you said earlier, they take it in, they act like it's okay. And then when it's really not, and then they blow up and freak out and their husbands are like, what the heck is going on? I mean, I know I'm guilty of it. Yeah, me too. And then my husband's like, 
<laughs> but this is what I thought you wanted, right? This is the way you've been doing things. What do you mean you don't want it this way? And it's very confusing. But I think for me, something that I've learned in this area is I'm assuming that this applies to more women than just me, but I could be wrong. <laughs> I think I had to learn, or I'm still learning every day, how to be able to accept love in my life. Mm. Because I think as women, we're so good at giving love, giving of ourselves, giving of, you know, packing lunches and being that mother that we forget how to accept it for our own selves. Yeah. This is one of the things that each one of my clients shared with me, you know, in this deep coaching that we do, like the diving deep, Mm -hmm. And at the core of it, it's like, I don't feel I deserve pleasure. I don't feel like I deserve it. And to be totally honest with you, Sarah, I don't think it's that it's that we don't give ourselves the permission. I think it's just that we don't know how. This is not something that, you know, has been taught to us. In an ideal world, it's something that is being passed down from mother to daughter, right? Like, I would love to have my mom sit me down and say, okay, honey, come, we have to talk about sex. We have to talk about your body. Let me show you, let me teach you the anatomy of your female organs, uh, female sex organs, and let me teach you about breasts and how to, you know, stroke yourself. I would love for my mom to share with me this beautiful art of self-cultivation, which is masturbating in other words. And it's so interesting, even, you know, in like the traditional faith-based cultures. So, you know, religious scriptures, there is a lot of talk about not allowing men to masturbate, but nowhere does it say that it's not allowed for women to masturbate. <laughs> so I know this is like, I'm not an expert in religion, but I have a strong feeling that the reason it's kind of not allowed for men is because men have the tendency to, when they get pleasure of something, they have the tendency to turn it into an addiction. Like if I talk about men in general, right? And I, please forgive me if it's not like applicable to you specifically or to your partner. I mean, think about the crime rate, right? Like mostly men have the tendency to turn something, you know, pleasurable that that feels good into something that is kind of destructive. And that is the masculine energy. That's mm -hmm. how it is. That's why we need it to be balanced with feminine energy, which is softer and more loving and gracious, right? So men are not allowed to, you know, to masturbate because it can very quickly turn into an addiction. And I mean, we all know about men who, especially in when the family is so young and there's so much logistics and there's like this, you know, the responsibility that sucks the life out of us, then there is this tendency. I mean, I've heard it many, many times. And I even have one of my husband's best friends. He's a sexologist and that's all he does. He just works with men who are addicted to porn. It's insane. Mm -hmm. And he works with men in the religious world, which is mm -hmm. like mind blowing. And for women, there is nothing like that. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that it's because 
we need it. Like we just don't know how. We feel super guilty. We feel super ashamed. In fact, one of the homeworks that I do with a woman is like, honey, I want you to get <laughs> cozy and self-pleasure yourself. And many times they're like, uh, but I don't know what to do. And you know, there's a lot of resistance and that's okay. It's part of it. In my vision, and especially because I'm raising three daughters, in my ideal world, I really want this to be passed down from mother to daughter so that there's no even a question of, I don't know how, or I don't feel like I deserve it. No, it's just is. It's a part of my life as, as a human being right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I will take care of those kids and I will take of my household and I will do all those things. But I also want to tap into that potential, into my mm -hmm. physical potential as a human right. being. Yeah. Well, and I think you're touching on something that is really important in that we can be a mom and a woman simultaneously. When you're a mom, you don't just put who you are as a woman completely out the window, like that they can coexist with each other. And I think that's that feeling of anger. And thank you for sharing that at the beginning too, of your, the rage you were feeling and stuff when your kids were little, because I felt that same thing a few times with my daughter and gosh, it's like, the anger towards losing your womanhood and just having to replace it with being a mom. Exactly that. That's what I felt. I felt like I lost myself when in reality, I didn't lose anything. I just didn't know how to embrace that piece of myself. I didn't know how to feel whole like you said, right, as a mother and as a woman and as a wife, because all I've been taught, you know, up until that time is, I think I knew what it is to be a woman. I don't think I really knew. And I don't think anybody ever knows. We have our entire lifetime to discover ourselves. Yeah, that's where the rupture came from. Because then you're, you ask yourself, like, really? Like, is that all that there is? And everybody talks about it, right? Like, oh, when you have kids, you're going to be so happy and they're going to, and, and you're going to feel full. And I'm like, I don't. <laughs> right. Well, and then there's so much guilt and shame surrounding that. And then I think what happens is, is that's why parents or moms get so into trying to control their kids to be what they want them to be rather than who they are, because they become a direct reflection of their own happiness, their own self, and it gets really ugly because we can't control our kids <laughs> and they are their own person. And it just becomes this dynamic where you get more and more and more stressed out and unhappy and all of those things, like realizing you are a separate person. Someone that I really admire and trust said to me not too long ago, she said, Sarah, it's not your life purpose to be a mom. You get to be a mom, but that's not your life purpose. And that so simple of a phrase like struck me so much. Like, wow, that's true. But even to say that it's not my purpose in life to be a mom 
can hold so much shame and there's something bad about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just released a pop. I think my latest episode was about when kids are a roadblock. And I shared this idea that I learned from Dr. Shafali Tabari, Mm -hmm. the author of The Conscious Parent. That's when I actually, that's, that was part of how I had to heal. Um, I attended her live event last year and she is so brilliant. When she said that to me, I'm like, so basically what she's saying is that your kids, they don't belong to you. Mm -hmm. They're not yours. They come through you, but they don't belong to you. So stop obsessing about making them the way you, or the fact that, like you said, right? Like you have to, you make motherhood like your life's project and you have to be good at it because if you're not, then you're failing. Like you basically failed as a mother. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and it's so wrong. It's so wrong because I remember growing up, my mom, she did a pretty good job showing us that she had it all under control until she got depressed at 40. At 40, like she was so young. That was another rupture in my life where I've seen the slit of like, I don't understand. Like you were this, this person, happy, joyful person yesterday. And today you are mm. a wreck. Like what happened? Right? So that vulnerability, peace, the honesty, you know, no, honey, I don't know everything. I'm human being like, you know, I'm trying to figure it out and it's okay to make mistakes. That is the kind of mothering experience that I want to have, right? I don't want my daughters to live under the illusion that I have it all under control. No, I just want them to see that I'm constantly growing. So they always see me reading books and going to seminars. And yes, when I had to leave to Dr. Shafali's seminar, I left them for a week and they were so upset, but they knew exactly why I went and they knew exactly what is my goal. I'm I'm doing this because I need to learn how to be a better mom to you, how Mm. to be a better human, right? So yeah, I think it's absolutely crucial. And it's the same with our partners. If I decide that I want to explore my sexuality or my feminine essence, then it's okay to kind of like, not really pause on life for a little, but just like stop pretending like you know everything. You don't. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> big one, I know. <laughs> it's a big thing to admit because I know a lot of moms who want their kids to think they're perfect and don't want to talk about any of the mistakes that they made in their past or, you know, hey, I smoked pot in high school. <laughs> yeah. I slept with too many people and this is what came of that or whatever. That's not typically a topic of conversation with our children. Right. And it's going back to Elizabeth Gilbert's book, right? You can be a good person even if you're a bad girl or something like Mm -hmm. that. And again, this is all subjective, (laughs) right? Like who decided what bad and good is? But yeah, I remember... I was raised by a traditional family. I'm Jewish. I'm Jewish-Russian. And we're very, very traditional. My dad went to work. My mom stayed home. Like, that's where I grew up. And here I am having my first sex at 18. Nobody knew it. I had to, you know, hide it very well and, like, doing sort of, like, stupid things. Really stupid. 
And then, yeah, all of a sudden I get married and I'm supposed to be like this holy person and, you know, keep my shit together and like, and be this amazing wife. And it was exhausting. Like Mm -hmm. talk about energy leaks just to keep a lie, not to be vulnerable, not to be able to speak your truth Mm -hmm. and to hide it. It's a huge energetic leak. And I think, listen, you don't have to scream it from your rooftop. (laughs) It's okay to share. And like you said, right? Like all of a sudden I already have three kids and I'm married. Now I have more vulnerable conversations with my mom and my grandmother. And I just, Sarah, just recently, I'm 35. I just recently found out that my grandmother, oh my gosh, my holy grandmother, (laughs) who was so strict with us, had sex before marriage. And like, imagine at those times, Mm. it happens to all of us and Mm -hmm. it's okay. It's part of of the human experience. Who are we serving by keeping it all locked? No, I'm so grateful for my boldness and that I asked and I actually opened the door for this kind of conversation because I mean, my grandmother is 87 years old. I don't know how many years she has, but imagine I never knew. Mm-hmm. I would live under this fantasy that my grandmother was this holy person and she did everything right. It's BS. It's time for us women to really speak to each other as women, especially for mothers and daughters and grandmothers, you know, in this mm-hmm. league. Because that's, I think, life will be much easier, much more sustainable, much more enjoyable, right? Because let's say my daughter will decide that she's just tired. She's just sick and tired of the cleaning and cooking and the, and the you know, and the dishes and all that. And she decided to just take a break from a family for a week. Great. Honey, do that. You need to do this. No shame, no guilt. Go and do it. Imagine my daughter would buy a vibrator. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) You know, why are we wasting our precious life force energy on nonsense, on drama? It's Mm. so wrong. You know, Sarah, two of the biggest things that I see repeating with my clients And these are the two reasons that women are suffering in the world. Number one is because we have the tendency to to be drawn towards something that is called body dysmorphia, which is basically hating the body. So just not accepting our body, our physicality, hating ourselves in the mirror, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is being really drawn to drama. We're really good at that. And I'm sure as a therapist, you have, you've seen enough to see how so many times it is a complete waste of like human potential. Like we just fight and get into like stupid, stupid, you know, arguments because of like really stupid and silly things, right? Mm -hmm. Family Mm -hmm. drama, marital drama. Oh, he said that. No, I, and I need to say that. And you know, it's not fair. It's not right. And it's like, oh my gosh. And it's on and on and on and on. And my mom said this and my sister said that, and she didn't do this to me and she didn't give this Mm -hmm. to me. And it's like on and on and on. And in part it happens because as women, we are, we have the gift of being communicators, right? We're connectors. So I think the really positive thing that we need to learn to do as women is to learn how to use this gift in a constructive way. 
right? Mm -hmm. how, learn how to communicate, how to manage our emotions, emotional mastery. So that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think being aware of where that drama stems from, because the drama is coming from a desire to be loved, to be accepted, to be known. I think that's a huge human desire, but we do things that are destructive and not good for us to try and get these needs met. But then actually <laughs> we set ourselves up with self-fulfilling prophecies and mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff continues the cycle. So understanding where the drama is coming from. Why am I engaging this in this? Why am I creating this? Why am I part of it? Like what desire is there that needs to be filled? And I think that as women, we have a real true desire to want to be known, to be truly known. There's this huge conflict because then we also don't believe we can be vulnerable and can present ourselves in a way that's not perfect. And so it's such a huge conflict, but also I think that's just in general, everyday life. But then you add female desire and sexuality to that. And that's even like a million times more so you don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. I just wanted to add on top of that, what you just said, and it's so beautiful. A couple of months ago, I read, I think it was a book. I don't remember. I think it was Dr. Christian Northrop's book. Who is, um, are you familiar with, that, with Dr. Christian Northrop? It's not bringing a bell. Yeah. She, she, she wrote the book, Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom. And oh. She, yeah, and she wrote about how that tendency for women to be drawn to drama, she was referring to this word hysteria, so being hysterical, mm -hmm. it, which, you know, is something that is mostly, <laughs> mostly prevalent in women, right? So she was talking about the history of this word, and apparently in Latin or in Greek, the meaning of the word hysteria is actually suffering in the uterus. Oh, wow. Right? I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, holy shit. What that means is that hysteria or being hysterical, it's a woman's problem, right? And it was actually like a true diagnosis that women used to get. And I think what you just said, that mm -hmm. it's because we really need to sit with that and see why am I losing my mind? A couple of weeks ago, my husband and I, we had this conversation and I, again, I'm not immune to this. I have this tendency too. And, <laughs> and my husband shared with me, he said, you know what, Dorit, I understand now. I know that women are never happy. It's just, that's just the way it is. I, I kind of like had to stop and, and think about what he just said. Like, is it true? Is it really true? Because we all know this, right? If you think about you know, a relationship between a, like a heteronormative relationship, right? A man and a woman. In most cases, it's the woman who would want more always, you know, she would want the bigger house, the more, ca more cars, more travel, more fine dining, more, you know, take her out and all that stuff. Right. I want those things too. And, and like, I had to sit with this a little bit and ask like, why is it really true? Like it's, is it like nonstop? 
And then what does it mean about our men? Like they just have, how are we giving them the tools to coexist with us in like a good positive way, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, yeah, like you said, yeah, we want to be seen, we want to be heard, we want to be appreciated. And then they give it to us, but then you want it more. And it's like nonstop. So I feel like this is why I said that I'm not a feminist because I truly believe that this is, it's a relationship. It's a give and take. And unless we women take back ownership of our power, whether it's our bodies or our psychology and our emotions and all of those things, unless we do that, the world will will keep destructing because constantly we will not be tapping into our feminine energy and constantly being in that energetic war with our men who are mostly in their masculine energy, the go, 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 the achieve and let's do this, right? And so it's like, if you think about a magnet, plus and minus will attract each other, right? In order for this to work in a positive way, it needs to have polarity. It's the same with men and women too. If we are constantly as women in our masculine energy, meaning we're ambitious, we are achievers, you know, we want more and more and more, that means that you're spending the majority of your life being in your masculine. But then if you are, you know, married to a male, he's also mostly in his masculine. So this constant, you know, war between two masculine forces I truly believe that this is the root for the destruction of the world, for so much war and so much pain and suffering. That is, in my opinion, the real reason. Until women truly tap into their like, you know what? No, I have this huge part of me. I'm 50% feminine energy, right? The yin and the yang. So I'm yin. I'm also feminine. I know how and I need and I desire to be ravished and I desire to be just seen for who I am and I and I have this desire to be desired and to be just like you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) sometimes it's like it's like we don't even have words for it right to be craved to be longed for it's okay to say those things it's okay Mm -hmm. to be vulnerable like that with our partners because then it creates polarity he is more in his masculine, you are more in your feminine, and then it's this beautiful dance of energies. It's not to say that you always have to be in your, in your feminine, it's just to understand how to switch between those energies. It's really beautiful. It is. It really is amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm taking in, taking it all in. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think there's probably different definitions of, of feminism, but I agree with you in that I think it's about women empowering themselves to take responsibility for their own self rather than blaming other people. I totally agree with you. It's hard for me personally to go into my feminine. And I think that's what I was talking about earlier is going into that place where I can accept love. To me, those kind of go hand in hand, I guess being more masculine and being more guarded and not opening up is how it feels to me. I don't, but I, and I also think that men 
need a little bit of the feminine energy also because we've got a lot of men now who aren't open to feelings, can't talk about feelings, can't emotionally connect with their wives, don't know how to do that. And and that creates a lot of problems as well to where the man is more aggressive and harmful rather than connecting and needing that piece of feminine energy in their relationship also. Yeah. So where does it start? Where does it end? We know that it's a circle, right? If we think about the yin and the yang, it's, it is a circle. I actually think it's a spiral, but where does it begin? Like who is the one who starts Mm -hmm. this beautiful dance? And I got to say, Sarah, yeah, I'm still young, but from what I see out there, it's us. It's the women's responsibility to open this door because we are receivers. Like even if you think about our biology, how we're designed biologically, we are designed to receive the sperm, right? Men are the ones who give it off, but we are the ones who are in the receiving part. And so yeah, it has to begin with us. That's why my company is called Health Begins With Mom because it is, it has to begin with the woman owning her power, stepping into her greatness. And that's hard. Mm -hmm. It's much easier to play it safe, play it small, hide. What I am seeing out there is for us, especially women who as little girls, we first, you know, grow under the wings of our parents. So our mom and mommy and daddy, and then we get married and then we are under the wings of our husband. So we never have that even opportunity to explore who are we, mm-hmm. right? And I'm seeing women in my circle who are in their 50, like late 50s, 60s, even 70s. Only then are they thinking about themselves and who they are and you know, this restlessness. And many times it's actually manifested in physical ailments, things like especially diseases in female organs, like cervical cancer, breast cancer, uterine cancer, or even fibromyalgia, endometriosis, like those kind of things, fibroids are all emotionally induced physical manifestations in the female body that are happening because of suppressed energy that is not being looked at. Mm. Go out there and search Dr. Christiane Northrup's books, especially Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom. She's been talking about, you know, the, the energies between, you know, feminine and masculine and how when as women, we are not feeling actualized and satisfied and, living our, you know, to our highest potential, not giving ourselves the permission and constantly needing to control and not white knuckle everything. When that happens, it actually leads to physical manifestations in the body. So Dr. Christiane Northrop is a gynecologist and she's a holistic gynecologist. And that's what, what I love about her work. It's very well researched. There is lots of data and there's a lot of, you know, scientific studies to back up what she has been teaching and and finding in her own practice. Mm -hmm. But I truly believe that as women, we have to wake up. It's time Mm -hmm. for us to wake up. It's not (laughs) serving our families. It's not serving our kids. It's not serving our relationships. It's not serving our workforce. 
it's not serving our friendships. It's not serving anything. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when women are hiding and when we're not speaking our truth and when we're playing small and when we're just pretending like we know what we're doing, but we don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's time for us to wake up. Mm, I totally agree. Love it. Thank you for that. All right. I want to ask you another question. If you could tell our listeners your biggest tip to reclaiming their feminine sexual power. Oh, girl, start masturbating. Okay. I call it the process of self-cultivation. That's just what you need to learn to do. And Mm -hmm. it's practice, right? It's like yoga. It's not going to happen after one time. Oh, yay, I did it. No, it's day in and day out. And it's really developing the practice of expansion. So being in this energy of expansion as opposed to, you know, like you said, you know, being constantly guarded and shielded and like protecting yourself from something. You don't even know from what. That's what it does for women over time. And embracing it as a healing tool. There is nothing shameful about it. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think about what maybe the listeners would be wondering about this and explain to us more why, like in your intimate partner relationship, why it's so important to know your own self and your own body and to have this practice? Absolutely. Because it's sexy going back to this dance between masculine and feminine. So we talked about polarity, right? The more you step into your feminine energy, the more you're giving your partner the opportunity to not only be in his masculine, but actually to own it. So many of us and you ladies, as you're hearing me, you probably are nodding. We have this desire to be ravished to be just like thrown against a wall, right? Like we have this desire. It's a healthy, it's a normal, healthy female desire that we all have. And so in order for you to get that, like to not, to stop fantasizing about it, but actually get it, you need to drop more into your feminine because unless you do that, your partner energetically even, let alone, you know, actually communicating with you about it, (laughs) it can't happen. So remember we talked about like, who is the one starting this cycle? And it's us, it's us women. We are the ones who have to stop pretending, take ownership and decide, all right, so I'm taking this upon myself. I'm learning to practice, to be more in my feminine energy practicing to be more in this receptive energy. Yes. And that means you have to be more vulnerable. That means you need to be more open. That means you need to tell him things like, I'm scared and I don't know what I'm doing. And will you help me to figure this out? When the masculine hears this, you know, it completely is so sexy for them. Like, and try it, like, don't take my word for it again. Try it. Practice it with your partner. Only last night I've had this experience. I mean, I've been in my masculine for way too long and I've noticed that we just, we don't connect for like three, four days. We didn't, we didn't have that connection between us. And I practiced it. I actually, you know, I came closer to him. So I was just softer and more quiet. And I just said, will you hug me? 
And of course he did. He turned around and he hugged me and I, and I said, I really love it when you touch me like that. Right. I really love it and appreciate when you touch me like that. It makes me feel loved or something like I'm just scared. And when the masculine hears that immediately, intuitively, what they want to do is they want to save you. It's like they want to keep you, to protect you. That's a normal masculine need and desire that they want to have. And so it's really this allowing, allowing for us to be more of who we are and allowing them to be more of who they are. Mm -hmm. But again, it really begins with women taking ownership and opening this door because the masculine by default, it's almost impossible unless your partner is, you know, he knows how to play with his feminine energy too, because men have feminine energy too. And so unless he knows how to, it's really difficult and almost impossible from what, at least from my experience, for a man, for a male to open this kind of door, right? Yeah, I think it does. It makes sense to me. And, you know, you said women are probably shaking their heads. Yes. And I would bet that more women than we know are shaking their heads. (laughs) 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 But again, it's another thing we don't want to admit because then it makes us seem weak, right? We don't want to be weak, but that is keeping us from being vulnerable and being in that feminine energy. One of the desires when I have discovery calls with women and I ask them, how do you want to feel? Almost all of them would say, I want to feel strong. I want to feel confident. I want to feel powerful. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And then the next question is, okay, tell me what is your definition of power? What is your definition of confidence? What is your definition of strength? And many times it would be, again, this fantasy that women are uh, imagining in their head of being invincible and being under control, having control over things. And the reality of it is that it's a myth. It's not real. It's a perception that you have. Right. Your truest power is your fierceness, is your ability to slow down, is to be quiet. It's to vulnerability is your power, is your superpower as a woman. This is how we literally can change dynamics in our homes. Even if you have, let's say, things like behavioral issues with with your kids, the moment you begin to take ownership of your own energy, all of a sudden you will see a shift happening with your kids without even needing to fix, you know, anything in, in your kids because it's energy and kids feel that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So stop playing the role of a man. You are not a man. You are, you know, you're not a lovelier version of a man. You're not a less hairy man. <laughs> <laughs> and I understand why it happens for us, this confusion for women. And it happens because, let's be honest, this world is really designed for men it's conducive for men. Even the workforce Mm -hmm. was designed to suit the men's biology, right? So the nine to five, 
the nine to five has really started with the industrial revolution. And that's really around the peak of the men's hormonal system. So men, they respond to the sun. And so it's really all about testosterone. Testosterone responds to the sun. So sun is up, men's testosterone goes up, meaning they have the energy. Sun goes down, so around five, six, Mm -hmm. that's when testosterone starts to drop and men lose their energy naturally. And I mean, you tell me, how often did you have your husband or your partner come back home and the first thing they do, they eat and then they plug themselves again, you know, in front of a TV. I'm not saying that that's how they're designed to be. It's just that energetically, that's what happens for the men. And so for you as a woman, the nine to five, it's not even conducive to your health and mine. And that's why I believe we see this revolution of women quitting the, you know, the corporate world and starting businesses from home on their own terms, Mm -hmm. because we are understanding that this kind of life is unsustainable. And it makes total sense because as women, we don't respond so much to the sun as we respond to the moon. And the moon is not on a 24-hour cycle as the sun is. The moon is on a 30-day cycle, just like our menstrual cycle, by the way. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot. There is a lot of intricacies in here. That's why the programs that I offer for women, it, they're six months long. So my shortest is six months long, and then my longest is 12 months long because it takes time. Mm-hmm. You know, working with the feminine takes time to integrate. Yeah. It's really the work of embodiment, but really it's understanding that as a woman, you are designed to have a menstrual cycle. And as a result, you know, your hormones, whether you like it or not, they fluctuate Mm -hmm. and there are phases to your cycle. There are four phases and it's really understanding that when you are moving through life and when you eat even, what you really need to learn to do to eat, to feed is not it's only your body, but actually your hormones. The more you understand how to feed your hormones, the better energy you will learn to create, to cultivate, and then sustain. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Oh, thank you for that. It's so interesting and so just so important. Like, I feel like this conversation is just important to the waking up of women and men for that matter to understand women in a different way than we've presented ourselves, you know, in the past. But I'm going to dive into my questions for you. And then we'll talk about how people can connect with you. But first question is, is what do you feel has been the most vital to your growth? Letting go of control. (laughs) Stop pretending and curiosity and really practicing this energy of receptivity you know whether it is books going to seminars hiring coaches i've been hiring coaches for the past 5 years mentorship really giving myself the permission to to evolve and not stay stagnant because i felt really stuck and i think a lot of women can resonate with that it's this mm-hmm. feeling of like like things are just not moving. I'm standing in one place, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's that. Yeah. I love it. 
<laughs> Can you imagine, you know, I just think about how different we would all be if we could learn to let go of control and stop pretending and just get curious. It's huge. It is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Number two is what do you want to make sure that people know walking away from this podcast episode? I want them to know if you're a woman and you're listening to this, and actually regardless of your sexual orientation, mm-hmm. the fact that you were born in a female body means that you are different than a man. Now, here's the twist. Being different doesn't mean that you are inferior. So stop pretending like you are a man. Stop being in this go, 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 and I have to achieve and have more, and I have to prove myself to the world. It's not helpful. It's unsustainable to your health, to your emotional health, to your mental health, to your spiritual health, and to your physical health as well. And so the more you learn how to live in alignment with what I call your feminine energy current, the better, easier, more flowy, and, and also more powerful you will be. And it's not to say that as a woman, you're doomed for less than a man. That's actually so wrong. It's really the fact that because we cycle, because we, you know, we shift and we kind of travel along just like the moon does, the 30-day cycle, mm-hmm. what happens is sometimes of the month, for example, when you menstruate, that's when you have the lowest energy to quote unquote be in the world. So that's the time to take breaks and to slow down. But when you are in your ovulatory phase, for example, which is 14 days after the first day of your period, that is when energetically you have the most energy. So that is the time to kick ass, to go do those sales calls, to be in the world, to do presentations, to, to do whatever it is that you need to do that you desire, whether it's in the workforce, with, you know, in your at home, it doesn't matter. I want you to understand that it's not a curse to be a woman. It's Mm -hmm. a power. Mm -hmm. And the more you step into that, the better your life would be. And also the world will be much better and healthier. Mm. I just want to like stand up and clap, girl. (laughs) (laughs) So good. So, so good. Thank you for those words. And I just hope that every woman who's listening is taking that to heart and can really, really step into their power. Use that. I love you saying being different doesn't mean you're inferior. Oh, that's one that I I think we need to meme for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So good. I'm sure lots of people listening are going to want to connect with you. Why don't you let them know how they can find you? I will put your links in the show notes as well. But where do you hang out the most? Where can they connect with you the easiest? Yeah, thank you. You can find me at Instagram. So at Instagram, I go by at health begins with mom. My website is healthbeginswithmom.com. I also have a podcast. It's called health begins with mom. You can find me over at Facebook. So I go under, so my personal profile is Dorit Palvinov. 
And my page is Dorit at Health Begins With Mom. So come find me, connect with me, send me a DM, send me a private message. And if you have any questions, I'm more than happy to connect. Yeah, awesome. Well, I strongly encourage people to connect with you and dive into this more because it's so, so important. So thank you so much, Dorit, for being here today, for being my guest. It was absolutely amazing to have you. Thank you so much, Sarah. I appreciate the opportunity. All right, my friends, what an awesome interview. We absolutely believe in the power of our stories, and we are so very grateful to our guests who have the courage to speak their truth and share their heart, experiences, and light with all of us. If you want more of the WE podcast, make sure you head over to thewespot.com where you can find all of our episodes as well as the WE Spot blog. The WE Spot is your go-to spot for growth, connection, authenticity, and encouragement. You can also find us on social media. Head over to the We Spot Facebook and Instagram pages and get plugged in. You can also find me, Sarah Moneras, on my personal Facebook and Instagram pages as well. If you love the We Podcast, we would be thrilled for you to rate the podcast and write us a review. We want as many people as possible to be lifted up in growth and get connected with our community. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes dropping every single week. We can't wait to see you over on social media. Thank you for being here today. It means a lot to us. Remember, your story makes you who you are. Speak your truth, grow constantly, rise above, and always know you are not on this journey alone. See you next time.